Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now death, it's a natural part of life and it will touch all of us throughout our life and ultimately at the end of our days. For my guest today, Garth Ashford, the unforgiving hands of death choked his life in a way that is unimaginable for any parent. 30 years ago, at the age of 29, Garth held his 19-month-old baby girl Samantha in his arms as her weak heart took its final beat, an experience that will live with Garth until his final day. As much as this episode is about death and grief, it's about life and living. Garth shares his story of grief and how this changed his perspective on life learning through the experience and going within himself to find the answers and the beautiful awareness and contentment in which he lives each day by. Garth's journey has led him to open the soul embrace where he assists those who have suffered a loss in their lives to recover, rebuild and readapt. Garth helps people to embrace their soul. Life's lessons have cut deep into Garth's soul but this peaceful, beautiful, content human has embraced them and strives to help others to do the same. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Garth Ashford. Hi Garth, how are you? Very well, thanks, Mike. And yourself? Yeah, mate, I'm really good. I, I got no complaints, which is always always a positive. It is, it is. It's a nice way to be. I wanted to have you on the podcast today, Garth, to share your story as you help people through some of their darkest days, as you guide them through the grief of a loved one. And it's quite interesting as we actually needed to reschedule this interview so I could attend a funeral of a very special woman, Linda Lee, who was the great grandmother and carer of a boy that I mentor. And it kind of just goes to show that, you know, this, this part of life, death, that we often never talk about, it can happen so suddenly and, and really at any age. And about 30 years ago, you experienced the the kind of death that no parent would want to go through. Do you mind sharing that story with that story with me? As I feel that it kind of was at the very beginning of this journey that you're on now. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, and commiserations towards um, Grandmother Lee, you know, for um, uh, for her her passing and um, you know the loss that um, that your friend um, is experiencing. Um, yeah, my story, uh, you know, the 8th, the 8th, 88, so it's, you know, 30 years ago now this year, um, uh, my second daughter was born with a congenital heart disease and um, my wife and I, Jenny, um, I spent 19 months getting her to the level of being strong enough to have a, a, a basically open heart surgery. Uh, unfortunately, uh, through a, uh, you know, a sequence of events and most things happen with sequence of, of events, um, uh, she died, and she died in our arms between the two of us. So it um, uh, was a pretty harrowing experience, and it's um, like something that you would never wish upon 
anybody, um, you know, uh, I don't have any enemies, but, um, you know, you wouldn't wish it on anybody. And, and it's a, it's a terrible club to be part of. And, um, and, um, so that, um, really, um, changed my perspective and, and, uh, led me to be quite introspective on myself and, um, and, and just watch how I, um, deal with different, different life challenges that are thrown at me and, you know, why these things happen to certain people and why certain challenges, um, and really push you a lot. So. I just opened up my door, Mike. That's what it did. And you talked there about changing your perspective on life. How did it do that for you? Um, well, with Sam, that was her name was Samantha. So um, the, she was basically put in a, a situation happened that she was unfortunately through the operation. She didn't come through very well, and then she was got to a position of being uh, brain dead. So um, uh, so then we had a week of her being lying on a hospital bed uh, and sort of watching um, uh, and just, you know, nurses and doctors and, you know, their avoidance of eye contact with you because it was an uncomfortable thing. Uh, fellow parents that were in the um, in the ward, you know, um, who had, you know, sick children as well. Um, it was it was like it was a disease that, um, that, that if you were to catch our eyes and give us something that we'd pass it on to you. So it... Um, it became uh, a, a really, uh, as I said, really interesting just to see how, you know, hindsight's always an easy way to look at something. When you're in it, it's um, pretty full on. It's uh, all encompassing and all, and all um, it's a pervading doom that comes in and just grabs you and just pulls you down. So uh, our process was to work our way through that. And um, so, um, you know, from that position, it, um, it, 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 just, it just changed because everything just changed. Like it's, all life is a series of initiations, and um, and if you like deaths, and every initiation we go through is a death, and um, whether it's a small thing, whether it's the passing of a season, and um, so those initiations are, uh, uh, I look at them like a launch pad to actually learn about yourself, and the and the responsibility that I feel that we have towards mankind is to go within, and um, and then from that we can actually come without and you know and just add a little bit to humanity so and i you know back then like how did you you know you talked there about going within and 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 looking within and you were asking that question why you know and why this happened to you and and why it happened to poor samantha but how did you how did you deal with the grief back then Back then, as um, at the time, we thought you know I was twenty nine, so um, there was there was a good level of um, uh, care that was offered, um, you know, with counselling, with um, you know uh, psychiatrists and uh, psychologists and uh, lesser extent doctors, um, but um, you know, and and there was a couple of support groups, and um, uh, but uh, for me personally, uh, it didn't. Um, it was just a continual victim cycle that was running around and so and and then so i it didn't make me feel strong to be within that sort of um area and um and uh, so we did we put our toes into it for a fair while and um uh you know got immersed and met some really nice people but along the way it um for me um whether it's i don't think it's an arrogance but whether it's a um an aspect of um once again, just feeling like there's got to be something more to it. And um, 
And when you're really in the thick of it, um, the first six months, year, two years, three years, it's a long time. I mean, you're in it for the rest of your life. So, so you live grief. And so, um, uh, as I've got older, um, it becomes, as I said, retrospectively looking back on it, I can then go ahead and, um, uh, see where help would have been good for me or where some assistance would have been good for me. And, um, so that's given me the chance to not be, you know, have any ill feeling towards anybody that offered help, uh, initially, but, um, it, it's just let me had a chance to, um, you know, really understand where people have, are at that level of loss. That, you know, to me, that level of loss is, you know, my father's died and, you know, really good mates have died. And, um, but the level is, is extreme compared to those, those areas. And that's, that's just my perspective on it and my, and my slant on it. And um, any parent, and it's interesting because um, with my profession, as, as parents that have turned up in my profession that I've then been with and gone through their processes with but you need to have that length of time i feel just to actually sit back and have a uh, more of an analytical look at it and you, you spoke there about this you know this circle of life and, and continuum and at life kind of does go on in in a way and you, you spoke there about living with grief You've also been a successful business owner for for decades, and, and you still are. You you own and run a number of, of well-known restaurants. But how did you pick yourself up on a on a daily basis to be able to live with that grief while still continuing to to live your life and continue being a, a parent and and a husband um, and part of your family unit? Yeah, it's. Um, it, I look back and I wonder myself, to be quite honest, Mike. Um, uh, the, you know, uh, the, the main restaurant that I had was uh, a Mexican restaurant that you may have been familiar with in the Junction. And I remember that uh, really early on in the piece when um, I went back to work, it was probably, you know, with maybe a couple of months or a month or so after Sam had died. Um, I remember I used to have the music quite loud and... Um, and then turning the lights down very, very low, so much so that people couldn't actually read the menu properly. And uh, people would ask me to turn it up, but uh, for me it was um, it was best that the lights were really low because there was times when I was hearing songs or uh, or just running through emotions that would uh, I would have tears in my eyes, and and the staff would know that. And um, and so um, so it was just better that uh, people, as in customers, who were coming out to escape their own stuff in life didn't really need to see someone walking around with, <laughs> with tears running down their face. So I'd, I'd have the lights down low and then, you know, people would complain and I'd just tell them that, you know, it's a bit, I don't pay my power bill, they don't give me a lot of power, so that's how it is. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was interesting, you know, like, because it, it was hard. It was really hard. There's no question about it, you know. So you just get on with it. You just get on with life, Mike, you know, and that's, that's what happens and, um, you know, and it just runs. You, you seem a very caring and uh, I'm going to down to earth kind of kind of man has has that always been part of you or is or is that something that death has has kind of brought out in you I, for me I think I feel that it is always has been part of me I think that it's been heightened um, with regard to my experience um, it's interesting that question because you wonder whether you'd be in the same spot if you didn't have what happened to you, and 
I think that if you were to, you know, it's like following um, a tree, you know, so a tree, you know, plants itself into the ground and it will grow up and then a branch will branch off to the right and and, and then it continues growing and another branch will branch to the left and um, along that path of life we're just, you know, running along either the stem or running up to the edges of the tree and the end result is that we're still part of that tree and we're still growing so I feel that I still would have got the learning in a different way if Sam hadn't died, but um, it did open up um, uh, myself to a to a, a more intense level and uh, and a more and a more immediate level to learn from myself because um, it, 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 um, the level of depression that you feel and the level of um, you know of angst and um, uh, it's 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 at times unfathomable you know so I talked about that you know it felt like you were falling down a, a vortex and you were trying to pull yourself out of the out of the vortex and, you know, grabbing onto a, you know, a slippery slide and, you know, there's these little little tender hooks of just uh, almost like glad wrap you're just grabbing onto that, that may hold you, but then, you know, being glad wrap is likely to let go as well. So so it was hard to pull yourself out of the um, out of that um, the vortex that was just pulling you down, you know, just like a lost grain of sand disappearing. And, and late last year you opened the Soul Embrace, can you yeah, can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that and and how that kind of all came about? Yeah, well, the soul embrace. Um, it's interesting. It, um, uh, you mentioned that I have a, a couple of restaurants. I've only got one now, and then one of my sons um, has shown a real inkling to uh, take it over. So, um, um, and then we sort of looked into a, a plan to actually pull myself out of it, which was going to culminate around about July this year. And um, as things go, sometimes when you're organising and planning things, they happen a bit faster, and that's how it has been the case. And then from there, it's um, uh, it got me to a stage we'd um, uh, Suze and I then had um, found found a, a place which offers quite a nice sanctuary. It's a lot of trees around it and and a fair bit of um, uh, space around us. And um, there was a lot of green waste on the on the on the place. Uh, you know, like trees had fallen down. Salt bush, bracken, you know, lantana. So I thought when we go into this uh, particular block of land that I'd just clear it off and and then um, bought myself a chainsaw, thought that I'd, you know, chop these trees all up and make enough wood to get through winter, you know. Uh, and um, so I achieved that, but it, it sort of just felt like a bit, uh, I'm not doing enough. And, um, <laughs> you know, they say, what do you do when you, when you stop? You chop wood. And what do you do when you keep going? You chop wood. So, um I was, uh, I got, I just sort of thought, you know, like for me, I wanted to give back and, um, and that's, you know, us and I, I've, as I said, with your podcast and what you're doing is, is that that aspect of giving back and giving people the opportunity to be present, to live immediately. And, uh, and the same with myself. It's like, I look at it and think, okay, so what would a 29 year old, you know, Garth, you know, I meet now, and there's a couple of people that I've met who are that person or having the similar uh, loss, if you like, that I've got, what could, what could I offer them as a, you know, as an elder, if you like, as a 30, you know, uh, been on the path for 30 years, you know, more than 50% of my life. So um, I then thought, well, maybe this, uh, if I was to develop a program um, and, um, First off, it started to be a book, and now it's turned into a program, which will probably be both at the end of the day. But to develop a program that I could then go ahead and um, uh, offer to to someone who's had that level of loss or any aspect of loss, to be quite honest, and um, and um, and then have a systematic um, approach to it, so that then 
when they do get blown off the path and back to the beginning of grief, because it, it is something that you're continually living with, um, that you've got the tools to actually pull yourself out of the mire and to go forward. So, um, so hence I've gone on with this. Um, and then the soul embrace came about as a result of that, and in, in how I can give back and um, and how I can then help people who are in the same situation. And um, uh, and then you know, there's other people that are really great that offer all sorts of things, and they can be those psychologists and psychiatrists that I uh, I met 30 years ago and then have been in contact with up up to now. Um, but um, on the same token, there's some people look at it from a slightly different way. And so for me, it's, um, you know, I use a sailing analogy for the uh, journey um, because the winds can be favorable and winds can be inclement. And, um, and that's the, um, you know, the essence of what I'm trying to do is to get people from an aspect of or get people from grief to peace, you know, and, you know, uh, grief to relief with some belief, you know, so, um, so that's, uh, you know, that's, that that's the essence of the soul. And you, you used a, a sailing analogy there and I guess sailing from, from grief Island to peace Island as, as yeah. I know that you have written about and, and you mentioned there that with sailing, sometimes the winds can be favorable and, and sometimes they're not. And I guess, with favourable winds, we, we might get there a little bit sooner. And you've spoken before about kind of living with grief. So I, I guess it, I'm, I'm, how I'm trying to package up this question here is, is how long does that journey take? And I know the answer to that is, well, mm. you kind of, you never arrive at that destination. Yeah. But how long do you find that it takes to... come at ease with it. It's quite challenging for me to, to ask these questions because I, I, I've never gone through such strong grief like this. I've never had, I've had some great grandparents or some grandparents pass away, Yeah, but it it's at, at old age, like my grandfather at the moment, who's one of my most favorite people in the world. He's 93 on Sunday. Oh, um, and he's, you know, he's, He's living, but I wouldn't call it that. Um, you know, he's he's not eating, and he, he probably won't be with us for much longer. Um, but he's ninety three, and he's old. Like as much as it it saddens me, it's kind of expected. Yeah, where there's the there's yeah. a I imagine there's a different kind of grief. Obviously, when things happen suddenly, or someone dies in a car crash, or you know, especially if you're 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 burying someone who you brought into this world. But how how long does that that journey or that process that you take people on? How how typically how long does that take? Um, there's layers to it. So for me, the whole process will be all the way until, you know, my final days. So that'll be that'll be my process. Um, and so hence the uh, the sailing analogy and um, with favorable and um, not so favorable winds. Um, it would differ from individual to individual and in circumstances. So um, the uh, you almost need to have that full year of all the anniversaries or the birthdays or the special moments pass. And uh, from my perspective, at least, uh, that, that was, um, you know, really important to look at that. And then there's there's always little monumental parts when, you know, Samantha would have been 21, for example, and, 
And um, so there's all parts that, um, that that come up and grab you. And so that is the journey. And, um, you know, so it is, once again, though they're, they're the initiations of life. And we in, in the Western world, you know, probably one of the root uh, causes of our fear is the fear of dying. And um, so with re- what Samantha's death has given me is um, – an appreciation of the of, of death and uh, an appreciation of dying and and um, and it's taken away uh, a fear for myself uh, from dying. So hence, I find myself in situations where I, you know, where I have been with people at the you know with their last breath, and it's an absolute honour and it's a, and a privilege. So I've I've had that um, you know quite a few times, and um, so it's individuals would deal with it differently. What I feel that happens in our society, and this is Western society, we could take a really good lesson from the Eastern cultures, and most of us, you know, with the living mindfully and, and awareness, is that lot most of that is Eastern, Eastern based with their um, uh, background, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism, which is the root of the Buddhism. So um, we don't actually have the ability, or we're not encouraged to look at something. I really dislike the word hope. And, um, you know, hope and fear are on the same coin, you know, one on either side of the coin. And fear is what drives most of us, and it's usually underlying the fear of death. And what is fear? Fear is really just the lack, total lack of unconditional love. So if you can strip away and get back to that level of, you know, not having anything that, you know, and just be totally unconditional with everything, it strips away the fear. And on the other side of the coin is, is the aspect of hope. So, if fear is like something that is predetermined from us and it's almost the past, hope is in the future, you know, and it's something that we just sort of hang our hat on and just sort of whimsically hope that something's going to happen. Whereas it takes us away from this present moment of what has actually happened, which is once again where your live immediately is. So if we are to jump on that live immediately perspective, you don't really have a fear, you don't really have a hope. And so at that stage is where when we're dealing with death and I love using the distinct words of death rather than passing and all that because that's what it is. When we're living with death, we're right. We're, we're, we're actually located here and now and present. And you touched on it that your grandfather's you know, about to die. And then at that moment and you went to a funeral yesterday, it's probably the most alive you are when you're having conversations after the funeral. Everyone's really on. Everyone's on like that. They're just, just aware, you know. And 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 the and the feeling around death is and funerals should be and usually is really really uh, an absence of anything else but just awareness. And everyone's just connected to everybody else, you know. And it's a, so it's a really beautiful thing. And so what happens to us is that we we go ahead and we offer these things. Like, It'll be okay, or time heals all things, or and all these sort of catchphrases which sort of mollycolly us into believing that the hope will work for us. And, and that's where I feel a major falling down is in how we deal with, you know, the aspect of death, of, of dying, of losing someone or, you know, losing a relationship or losing a job. And, um, and so that we don't actually just jump into it. And then if we jump into that actual feeling, turn around and look at it in our eyes, then we've got the ability then to actually feel an aspect of groundlessness, an aspect of, you know, what the hell is going on. But in that, we're looking at ourselves. 
and we're looking at ourselves, what is coming up for me? And, and from that, we can actually further ourselves and, and get ourselves to a level of strength. And, you know, in, you know we as men, uh, the more vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable we become, the more strength we have. And it's, it's almost like a, you know, so at that level of vulnerability is when we go ahead and we're able then to be the most aware. And that's where we'll most learn from. And from there, we can build to come out of it. Yeah, that, that awareness is such a, it's such a strong thing to live with. And, and it's, I feel that it's something that a lot of people are striving for, that awareness. And there's a lot of work, whether that be through vulnerability to to become aware and and to stay present and i'll be the first one to admit that it's not it's not always the easiest thing to do because i know that i seem to juggle this this point is of of like staying present while still kind of being mindful of of future mike and 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 things like that um but what has death taught you about living uh, death has brought me extremely aware. Um, it's um, and this this last process of it, which is you know extracting myself from, if you like, the business world, um, and then you know immersing myself into this particular you know the soul embrace, and um, has really given me the aspect of really my, my duty becomes to look into myself and then to really understand myself, and that's. If you like, that's consciousness of all, you know, whether that's where all religions have stemmed have stem from. So if, if I am as, if you like, as clean or as centered as I possibly can, then I help a Mike, then I help a Susanna, then I help a, a Jeff, whomever. And um, and so it, it, and that furthers humanity, you know, so that 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 glow and that's our that's our natural essence. That's what we were born to be. Is, is just to be able to be, you know, before we were, you know, at the most perfect we were is at that, in, you know, that moment of birth, before our parents, as well-meaning as they are, throw on, you know, parameters onto us or the society throws on parameters and everyone dictates and then we start to find our ego coming in and playing a role. And that's all well-meaning, most of the things that happen. But for, for me, what death gives me is that um, aspect of where I can jump back into, if you like, that, that Garth that was born, you know, 58 years ago. And, um, and so if I, if I stay with him, then it's better for everybody else around me. And then conversely, it, it's, it's just, it's much more alive. I'm the same as you, Mike. You, you can't stay there all the time. It's almost impossible to be moving there. But it's, to me now, it's becoming more easier as I'm getting older, perhaps. To um, just to be able to stay at that moment and uh, to stay really, really present. Nature is the biggest thing for me, and and and, and it gives us our level of um, you know, sanctuary. Mm. Like live immediately is all about embracing life today, which you know we've we've spoken about here, and and I feel that too often we we seem to be pushing things off to tomorrow a day that never arrives and you've touched on that that that's that's hope people are just kind of hoping that something happens in a strange way for me death is is often a motivator because i don't know when it's going to happen i'm like well 
it could be any day. And, and, and I don't mean that in, in a morbid sense. I mean that in a, a motivational sense. Like I'm a, I'm a big believer that there's a book upstairs and when they turn the page, if your name is on it, no matter what happens, it's, it's the day. Um, yeah. And hopefully it's, it's many, many pages uh, for me from today and for, for both of us and everyone listening. But do you ever feel like that? Does, does death kind of motivate you to live? I, I honestly believe that it did, and I don't believe it does now in the fact that I, I feel really comfortable with who I am at the moment. Like if, if, as you said, those pages were to turn and then I um, am to walk away and, I don't know, uh, <laughs> a hole on the ground happens and I fall down it and I, at, that's the end of me, I'm, I'm quite content where I am now. So it's, um, it, it's really, really comfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I take your point because death does, it does, it, it, it inspires us to live. And, um, you know, and it's, uh, and that's, you know, um, it's just, it, it's just our part of life. It's just, it's just the change of the season. And it's, you know, like we've got surfest happening here in Newcastle now, and it's like being, you're being on the wave of life, on the wave for Mike, uh, on the wave for Garth. So you get on that wave and, and, and it's a good wave. So you just keep catching it and you keep turning into it. And, um, and that, um, you know, and that continues for as long as you, as long as you milk that wave. And you continually move that wave because you want, you know, that's the, that's the role is to get the best score you can get on that wave. And that becomes your journey. So, um, you know, we may get to the shore. It may <laughs> it may flatten out or, you know, things can happen to it. But, um, yeah, it, it's about being really, really present and, and just and just letting it just 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 going with the flow of it, Mike. You, you spoke there about contentment, um, a place that that a lot of people would like to be at. And I think sometimes people can look at being content as a, as a positive and a negative, and, and I definitely see it as a positive. And you, you said that you're very content now. Can you recall when it was that you arrived at that contentment or or what it was within your life that you, or the way that you look at life that, that allowed you to feel contentment? To me, there's no defining moment. Um, there's um, there's different parts of your of my life that have um, that have added um, to a level of you know uh, of awareness of myself. You know, I'm fortunate now. You know, I, I remarried uh, about ten years ago and um, and inherited you know two two uh, more children through that marriage, and um, so. I have five incredible children that are alive at the moment. So, um, you know, and I've got two grandchildren and another one due in three weeks' time. So, um, you know, for my uh, continuation of life, if you like, or the seed that continues, it's um, it, it's comforting to know that that's you know that I've seen this this aspect of it all. Um, so the contentment's just coming more because, for me, I'm really enjoying this aspect. It's what I said a little bit earlier is going back to that real beginning of um, it, it's almost our birthright um, to be able to, you know, especially us in the Western world, to be able to, you know, fully embrace a, a, our curiosity, fully embrace our a, our desires, fully embrace uh, what we want to do. And, um, and jumping on this journey uh, of the soul embrace and then freeing myself of uh, of a commitment that I had at um, at, one, at at my restaurant has um, just opened me up to that level now of being able to 
really go back to what I was at naught, you know, so uh, naught years of age. And so possibly it's been coming through this last, you know, 18 months. And um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, when I get I, I get the pilot program running and um, and then, um, you know, I'm only a couple of months or maybe a month or so away from that. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that aspect of just throwing it back out there so that I can help people. And and that's the part that's really, you know, that, that I'm really enjoying of it. So maybe the contentment, Mike, is that I'm giving back. And um, so it's, a, you know, gratitudes to everything. So it, it, it's a beautiful way to be. It's a beautiful way to feel anyway. So Yeah, it's amazing how beautiful that feeling is when when you do give back and, and when you're, you're putting other people in, in front of yourself. Um, I have one final question for you, Garth, and it is one that I ask all of my guests, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. Perfect day. Well, I think we're here we are in Newcastle now, you know, so it's, uh, it's an incredible city. So, you know, uh, I'm blessed to be part of Newcastle and be a Novocastrian, very proud to be one. Um, and, uh, um, Today's been pretty perfect, Mike. You know, I've you know I woke up nicely, had a nice meditation, had an hour of yoga, jumped into a local beach which is called Redhead Beach. Anybody who knows Newcastle knows that Redhead's always a little bit wild, so uh, got nicely wet, had a nice coffee. I'm, I've looked forward to meeting up with you today, so that's been really nice. So thank you so much, and um, you know, being with my loved ones, and um, you know, uh, and um, yeah, the perfect day is just. I, personally, every day is almost perfect, you know. So it it, um, it really is. It, it just becomes on how we look at it, you know. There's no good, bad. It's, it's just everything is just perfect, you know. The journey is perfect. So, oh, beautiful. Thanks, mate. And likewise, it's been unreal to 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 catch up with you and and um and chat with you. But if if people do want to reach out to you, Garth, and 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 learn a bit a little bit more about you and 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 the beautiful work that you do with with helping so many people through the challenging times what's the best way for them to do that um before, but wait the... before you answer that question just that yeah. sound in the background for everybody listening especially um, <laughs> especially the listeners in in north america um and and outside of australia that's actually a kookaburra we call that yeah. a kookaburra's laugh um that sound so it's very very uniquely Australian. Um, but anyway, sorry, how can, yeah, how can people catch up yeah, with um, you there, Garth? We're very, we're very blessed here, Mike, uh, that we have, uh, they are iconically Australian. We live, um, as I said, we've got a couple of acres, so there's, I'm looking at a couple now as I'm talking to you out the window, so uh, we, there's quite a few that live close by us, and it's, it's uh, you know, and, and that's how we wake in most mornings with the birds, and, and um, it's a, and, and nature is the way that, um, that teaches us most of their things. But to answer your question, um, uh, our website is on www.thesoulembrace.com. Uh, that'll lead through. If you have any questions, please come through um, and it will email through to me. My name's Garth, obviously, Garth Ashford. Um, and quickly, uh, just on my journey, um, it, um, for anybody who is interested with regard to um, from grief to peace, um, you know, the, using the sailing analogy, you know, the aspects of running through the first stage is all about recovery, and um, and that's where we need to put a really uh, a good level of grounding in for recovery because most times recovery is glossed over. So if we can get onto uh, the first island, which is about recovery, 
Um, and then the winds being favourable, we'll, we'll sail onto an island where we do some rebuilding and, um, you know, where we, you know, renew yourself and rebirth almost yourself to who you are. And then the last aspect we looked at is uh, probably readapting back into society. So when you are walking around and seeing people in the street and, um, and most people are uncomfortable to see someone who's in that level of grief because it, it challenges them because they're, they're scared of death or they're scared of losing whatever. And um, so that, but that makes it hard for the person who has lost. So it's just readapting back into life. And, and then if you understand all these, all these you know, porticles or uh, way stations or uh, islands, then you end up at an aspect of peace, which then, you know, as I said, the winds could blow up, you know, a typhoon, a cyclone and bring you back to grief. But if with the tools, you're able to get yourself through. So, you know, we're very passionate about, um, you know, really helping people to that level, um, helping people in depression. And um, so anybody who needs anything, um, you know, please feel free to come through. And um, we'd only be too happy to, well, myself personally, only too happy to assist. Oh, beautiful. Thanks, mate. And I'll definitely make sure that all of those links are at the show notes at liveimmediately.com. But is is there anything that I've left out here, Garth? Anything that you'd like to say before we part ways today? Uh, no, Mike. I, th- I think we have, you know, the real change for any of us is we have to understand who we are, you know. So that's... Um, and that's, you know, how we deal with grief. And that's, you know, the real change comes in from our, you know, our soul level. So, and, and that's, you know, for me, I help people along the path of grief. But what I'm really passionate about is helping people to embrace their soul. And, um, and that's, you know, to me, it's our responsibility of being human to have this experience to, to exist. So, um, um, you know, we have a responsibility not to, to ourselves and, then, and as such that responsibility to ourselves become wider because if we clean ourselves up then we basically go ahead and make, um, you know, our life in a, in a lot better place. And you talk there about it in, you know, embracing the soul and the soul embraces is what the website's called and, and I know that you focus obviously helping people that are in grief but embracing our soul is something that as humans, whether we've experienced hard grief or not, is something that we should do. It, are, are there things that you can offer or, or suggestions now for people to kind of tap into their soul and to embrace their soul, even if they haven't experienced hard grief? Yeah, uh, I think all along the way, like um, uh, once again in our society, um, uh, especially the Western society, we miss all the, um, you know, all the, all the parts in traditional society where there's rites of passage and things that happen. You know, you know, um, Rudolf Steiner talks of it in in blocks of seven, so naught to seven, a child's just just a child, you know, and seven to fourteen, you know, it's coming into young manhood and fourteen. And a lot of the traditional cultures, they're given like an initiation. And, and and they you know um, you know bring themselves out and then women would hanker for their boys not to be taken away into the bush by the men but and then they end up coming back as a, as a young man and so there's all these little aspects where we're not um, encouraged to look at and um, and so for me the main thing that we've got to do as as a Western society is really is is just to observe like whenever someone goes ahead and um, says something and you know and you find yourself 
having a level of offence or, you, or you're upset or you, you, you want to re- behave aggressively back to them or however, um, it's a really good time to just to, you know, put that mirror up in front of your face and um, see why is that making me, you know, aggressive or anxious or and then and that's our level of, if you like, of being in. It's not what, you know, what Mike says to me that makes me upset. It's just my how I interpret what Mike's saying that's actually hitting something, hitting, it, if you like, a raw nerve. And that, that, that's your litmus test. So for me, for people to start to embrace their soul, it's whenever something comes up that stirs you a bit wrong or, or makes you feel a bit anxious or fearful, whatever the emotion that comes up, you know, um, is then it's a really good time to say, okay, why does that do that to me? And if you can go ahead and, you know, jump into that and, and come into yourself, which people get pretty scared of because we numb it. We numb it with, you know, alcohol. We numb it with drugs. We, we numb it by watching, you know, TV or reading trash magazines or even newspapers, most of them. And, um, you know, so we, we, we numb it just so that we're – and then another day goes on. And so we've pushed it down. We haven't had a chance to look at it. So to embrace your soul is looking at those things that happen on a day-to-day basis. And, and there's initiations that are happening all moments through the day. So when they're happening at all moments, that's the time to actually look into them and go, okay, what is it about that that stirs me up? What is it, you know? And, uh, you know, it, it happens all the time for me. So, you know, there's, you know, questions that you've asked that I'll look at myself, myself now when I go away from this uh, podcast and I'll go, no, what happened there, you know? And, 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 and so you, you delve down deeper into yourself as such from my perspective. I look at that as that's how you're embracing your soul and moving forward. Oh, beautiful. Thanks, mate. And, and honestly, Garth, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and, and sharing your story and, and, a, and a hard one at that. And even though it's, it's you know, 30 years ago, uh, as you've said a, a couple of times today, it's something that you still live with, the passing of, of little Samantha. But, mate, thanks again for, for your time. And for everybody listening, thank you. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.